When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Two with the bases loaded and one out. Oh, oh my God! Deep to right field, way up there and way out of here. Second deck walk off home run. Grand slam. Hello and welcome in everyone to episode one seventy five of the Bases Loaded Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland and. We're back. It's not just solo. I say we because George Montanez is back. You can follow him on Twitter at Roto underscore Nino. George, what's going on? What's up, man? It's our uh, first uh, in-season podcast. Just like, I was excited to. Yeah, <laughs> it's the sure first one was. in season. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm just, dude. I'm just happy to have baseball back. It's been, it's been exciting. Um, just staying on top of everything. Actually, getting real games and. You know, our fantasy seasons are underway, so it's exciting, exciting times. Oh, definitely. And today is uh, April 13th, so uh, anything you listen to is up until and during, because right before we press play, uh, Teoscar Hernandez got hurt, which we'll talk about here in a second, but I got to do the whole plug and stuff. So uh, real quick, five-star rating review is greatly appreciated on your format. Uh, We could never use too many of those. And Patreon. Yes, I know. You probably see it on Twitter. You're probably sick of me talking about it. But we do have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Playbook. George and I post to it daily. Uh, George has a lot of relief pitching write-ups. I've been doing the daily lineup notes team by team, uh, some, some daily velocity and pitcher recaps as a whole. I do have a schedule tracker that has notes in it, and I'm just kind of throwing anything in there I can. Um, a, positional, a positional eligibility chart I also keep track of. So all that can be found on the three dollar tier and above. So check us out on uh, S uh, on SK Playbook. Well, yeah, technically it's SK Playbook, right? But it's Patreon.com/slash SK Playbook, and of course the free daily article I put out on SKPlaybook.com as well. You can get if you want to get that emailed to you because I've actually had a lot of questions about that. I think our email sub list is like 150 emails deep already. Um, if you sign our newsletter on the website, you can just plug your email in there, and I'll email it. It's a daily article by email at three times a week, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Uh, yeah, that's all the plugging. It's all content all the time. And more content tonight as we talk about more baseball. I think I did it, George. I think I'm getting better at the whole reading and promoting. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting comfortable promoting because, you know, it's people are actually enjoying the content. We're up to 78 or 79 Patreons. Yeah, it's about 78 or 79. And yeah, I mean, thank you to everybody out oh. there that has subscribed. I mean, and 79. Then, sorry, 79. We just got one 30 minutes ago. So thank yeah. you. <laughs> and everyone that's yes. jumped into the into the Discord, too. I mean, it's been a lot of fun just uh, chatting it up in there. So yeah, and uh, just, you know, doing all this all this writing and stuff just kind of helps us both stay on top of, of everything. And, and um, I know it's helped me like really pay attention and lock in and and uh, it's going to be it's going to be fun just staying locked in all season into fantasy and uh, everything that we could take away from it and stuff. So 
We say yeah, that join, now. Join, uh, join Discord. It's been, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I say that now, like, yeah, five, six days in or whatever. But, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we'll see how we feel in a few months from now. <laughs> uh, it's always, it's always uh, the hard part. The hard months to get through are usually like June, July, and then August, September picks back up because now you're nearing the end. I think at the beginning and the middle, maybe we'll do some second chance leagues, keep us more motivated. To, it's one of those things mm-hmm. like I love. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's I'm doing a lot more than I anticipated, but it's also it's one of those things that you mentioned. It keeps us in it because look, I'm talking about pitchers. I don't think I talked about pitchers at all last year. I have a we have a list of early season uh, SP standouts, good and bad. We have a list of some hitter standouts. You could throw in names in there. I just threw a bunch of names that I know people want to hear about. Slash talking about slash talk about uh, some str- some struggling young studs. Again, we'll talk about them a little bit. Some more obvious than others. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much the route we're gonna go tonight. And you know, you know, I'm paying a lot of attention when I, when I'm texting you about relief pitcher specs. I like, yeah, like I'm like <laughs> I'm like, and I guess we'll talk about them real quick. Uh, is I think it's Ryan Helsley. I know it's Helsley. Mm-hmm. I forget the first name um, from the Cardinals because of all the talk about Gallegos not being the guy, not being the guy. Then who is? I thought Hicks was gonna be. They decided to randomly start him. Helsley's kind of the same guy. I thought Hicks was gonna be. Helsley's is th- Helsley's throwing about 100 miles per hour. On average, like around 99 to 100. The dude's uh, swing and miss. He's, he's creating swing and miss. He's getting the whiffs. He's doing it all. Like swing and miss and whiffs are the same thing, essentially. <laughs> but uh, he's doing it all. And he's and Helsley's playing that role I thought Hicks was going to. So I thought he stood out to me as somebody that maybe he'll get you 10 or so slaves. Maybe he could be what we hope Trinan to be. You know, initially when you got Trinan, like 10 to 15. Maybe that's possible if they truly want to get away from Gallegos as the sole closer. And then the other one was what? Uh, Dylan Coleman. Dylan? Why does that sound wrong? Yeah, <laughs> it's Coleman. Dylan Coleman. It is and, Dylan. Uh, I told City. you, I don't do I don't do relief pitchers, so I have to like <laughs> I'm like I know the last name, but uh, Dylan Coleman. Yeah, his stuff was looked great too, and he stood out to me. I'm like, this is a team that always wants to find someone to close eventually. It's like they and they they, they trade people off and all this yada yada. So he caught my attention. So yeah, yeah I just wanted been, to bring up. There's been a lot of guys. You look at uh, Joan Duran in uh, Minnesota. Um, you know, I, I was really high on on uh, Jorge Alcala. Unfortunately, he's hit the injured list. So you know, now with Rogers gone too, um, I, I mean, the door's wide open. It, it, it wouldn't really be uh, Rocco Baldelli style, right? To like just go with one guy right now. I don't anticipate it go- being just one guy. But man, Duran, he he just looks filthy and. Uh, I would expect him to kind of get into the mix there uh, in part of that save committee with Minnesota. There's a couple other situations that have kind of been uh, clearing up a bit. Like you look at the Nationals today, Tanner Rainey picked up another save. And you just look at the pattern there. Kyle Finnegan has pretty much been consistently pitching behind Rainey um, so far through the first week. So, And, I mean, Dave Martinez, he's talked really highly about Rainey before, about wanting to him to kind of take a hold of that job. So uh, I think he's going to kind of just let him run with it. Um, then we saw today also Camilo Duvall get another save chance. Uh, that that situation too. <laughs> that uh, situation is a mess. Yeah, I mean Duvall got the first. I mean after Gabe Kapler said that it was going to be McGee on opening day if there was a save chance coming up, but um, it was actually Duvall. He he blew the save, um, and then today another save chance, uh, and it was Duvall out there again, and <laughs> that one almost got away from him too. Uh, allowed a hit, then hit a batter, and then a walk, loaded the bases, and then finally got uh, Matt Beattie to strike out uh, to get the save. But, man, that that, that situation um, I, I think could be a little up and down throughout the year too. So we'll see. But, yeah, there's some, some teams that are kind of clearing things up a bit. 
It's uh, it's nice to see some clarification, but it is frustrating to see that a lot of things haven't settled either. Right. So it's like I mean, you, we were, we expected this to settle by now in the spring, let alone now, and it hasn't. So it's aggravating. But David Robertson yeah. was another one that I wanted to bring up real quick. That it seems like he solidified the job as well in Chicago. So that's right. We are getting we are getting answers. It's just um maybe not the ones you expected. Uh, Daniel Bard in Colorado again, yeah. just another one that. <laughs> yeah it seems like the teams that also that we thought would be headaches i mean they they just they they are they're doing what they they're doing like seattle uh tampa bay cincinnati um who else there's like a couple other like committees out there that have just been straight up committees you just don't know who it's gonna go to the giants yeah, no. uh, yeah it's it's again it's just one of those things that we have to continue to monitor that's what's fun about fantasy baseball things can change any given day. So getting into some of these early season uh, stand standouts in, in terms of pitchers, struggling studs, etc. We saw Corbin, uh, Patrick, or not Patrick Corbin. Well, he's struggling, but uh, I meant uh, Corbin Burns. I don't know why I put his first name in the show notes for whatever reason. And Garrett Cole. We saw those guys kind of bounce back for the most part today. So um, obviously no real con- concerns there. But something you and I spoke about for a second off air, and I wanted to bring that into this podcast, was Robbie Ray. Two iffy starts. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what to think of it. We talked about the you know the velos down, but tonight it's raining crazy. Last last uh, game it was cold. Is it? I mean, we talked. Uh, well, so we we mentioned how he hasn't you know pitched in these types of conditions to start the year. At least last season he didn't when he had the breakout. Robbie Ray was in Florida back when he was with Toronto because they started in Buffalo, and then uh, he was also in a dome. So there's a whole bunch of a. Uh, this wasn't an issue, is what I'm getting at. The uh, outdoor temperature weather stuff wasn't an issue. And I don't know if we should be concerned about these two starts because the view is down. It's not down like a half a tick. It's down like two miles per hour on the fastball type of stuff. It's significantly down. But the weather has been significantly worse for him. So I'm not sure if he's backing it off so he can get more control. It's one of those things that we have to keep watching, but man, there's a buy low window right now. And I guess you should probably take advantage of it because I don't think he's been, I don't think he's as bad as he probably has been to start the year. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. We see uh, Ray just uh, not getting the the whiffs that we were expected for him to get. But I mean, I, I think just in general, I, I wouldn't panic too, too much uh, yet about anybody. I mean, if you think about it, a month ago, we, we just had the CBA sign a month ago, right? A month ago, we didn't know if there was going to be a baseball season. Um, we had a three-week ramp up. These players, you know, were basically, you know, they weren't at the team facilities. They weren't training with the teams. All of a sudden, they have to come in and have a three-week ramp up. I, I think this, you know, pretty much hurts the, you know, the pitching uh, more so than than the hitting uh, with these pitchers needing to ramp up and stuff. And so you just don't know. Don't know how some guys were preparing, how they weren't, and um, you know, until they came in and then they they get three weeks and and uh, they got to be ready to go. So. You know, we see some guys with uh, their velo up. We see some guys with the velo down. I think you just got to give it a few weeks for things to kind of settle in. I, I wouldn't panic too much. I mean, there's some guys like, uh, you know, we, we've talked about Ray. We've, um, you know, uh, Shane Bieber is another guy with velo down. Julio Urias, his velo's down. Some of it could be just like confirmation bias. Some of these guys that just were, wasn't on to begin with. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily like... I wouldn't necessarily change my opinion too much just based on like uh, one or two outings so far. So yeah, I would pretty much just like give it a few weeks and uh, just see, see how things settled. If there's velo still down by like the third and fourth starts, then, um, then maybe you start to, uh, you know, maybe that worry creeps in a, a little bit and you see what action you can take on, 
on those players. See, see, I'm actually a little more concerned about Bieber, but again, it goes back to the his velocity was down that finished the year last year when he returned from the injury as well. So I feel like there is a uh, a reason for a little more reason for concern with him specifically. But you know who I'm not concerned about, or at least I'm not tonight. Clayton Kershaw had the perfect what through seven, <laughs> amazing outing. Uh, the velo was a little down there too, but it was a cold day. Oh man, I just saw a home run get robbed. Adam Engel just robbed a home run, but who was it from? That's gonna upset me. Please don't tell me it was uh please don't tell me it was like Winker or or Hanniger <laughs> or something. That's gonna upset me. Sorry. I'm we're obviously we're watching baseball while we're podcasting, so you're gonna get some live reaction. That was a great catch. It's the pouring down rain. It was a lefty. Please don't tell me it was Winker. I think it was Winker. <laughs> I missed who it was. That's what so I'm saying. I, I, I turned on the volume for a second to hear it. I couldn't. Oh no. I have, I have like, I've been waiting for Jesse Winker to do something. I really do think it was yeah. him. That's so yeah, upsetting. It was Jesse Winker. Ah, it was. <laughs> uh, oh, yep, I'm so yep. sad. Anyway, uh, sorry. And then, I mean, uh, uh, we were just talking about, you know, pitch, pitchers that we were concerned about. Corbin Burns comes out and he has a Corbin Burns outing. He's back on track and, uh, yeah, eight strikeouts, seven innings. But we just, I just saw the Milwaukee bullpen blow the lead there. Uh, so, uh, yeah, there goes that win for Burns. So that, that's no goodness. No, ever since pressing play, it's been terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it wasn't hater at least, right? Oh, wait, no, uh, it wasn't. And it wasn't going to, and that means Mateo didn't do anything. Mateo did something. Wait, did he, did he still base though? <laughs> I don't think he stole base. You know, my love for Mateo. He has two stolen bases this year, dude. Yeah. That's all I care about. Anyway, yeah, that's right. All right. <clears throat> Baseball's back. I'm fighting off a cold, so excuse me if I'm a little groggy sounding, but back on track here. Sorry. The excitement is real, guys. We love baseball. Um, I saw you tweet about Merrill. Oh, so sorry. Real quick. I think we could both say at Kershaw. Really? We're not expecting him not to be good. We just don't trust him to stay healthy all year. Velo was a little down, but it was a cold game for, for him. He had, obviously, an amazing game. I, As a fan, I wanted to see him push through, but I understood the pulling of him. Because the whole he wasn't ramped up. I think the 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 most he threw in like a bullpen session was like seventy five pitches. I saw something reported. So I think Kershaw getting pulled. Even he seemed like he was okay with it. I get it. It would have been it's history. Perfect games don't happen often. But if he goes eight and two thirds and blows it, and he, his pitch count goes over a hundred plus, and he's coming off the injury in a, a shortened spring, was it worth it? You know what I mean? Like so, I get. I trust me. I, I I get both sides. As a fan, I wanted to see him keep going, but I wanted to make sure at least just talk about it real quick because I know it's gonna be all over every podcast. But I think yeah. I, if you disagree, let me know. But I think that's kind of I think you agree with that, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm, I'm with you. It sucks. <laughs> like we wanted to see him try for it, of course. And you're oh, absolutely you're a Giants fan. You you don't want him. You don't root for him often, but when you do, it's usually in this situation, right? So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, as as a baseball fan, yeah, I mean, you 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 want to see you want to see something like see that. This, you want to yes. see it go see a perfect game. Uh, I mean, just speak, speaking of Kershaw, though, I mean, last year we saw the skills were there, man. I mean, it really the skills weren't the the problem. And and yesterday or last year, even in his age thirty three season, I mean, um, his his strikeout rate w- was up. You know, the highest it had been since like twenty seventeen. Just the underlying numbers two uh, two eight seven xFIP. Uh, 3.00 FIP. I mean, the, the skills were there. Uh, it, it was just about the health and really um, 
not only with Kershaw, we, we see it with a couple other guys like like uh, Carlos Rodon. You know, we, we see them paying off really well this uh, early on. And but I, I don't think the skills are really the issue with with guys like that. Anyways, uh, it's just a matter of, you know, can they can they hold up um, all season? So it is still encouraging to see. That's for sure. I can't believe it was Devin Williams who blew the lead for the for them, by the way. Just thought, I just thought I'd mention that real quick. Um, talk to me about Merrill Kelly. I saw you tweet about him today. I'm encouraged by his start as well this season. Yeah, I mean, the the Arizona pitching staff, you know, when they hired Brent Strom, uh, the pitching coach from uh, away from the Astros, I mean, you, I was just – you kind of I was kind of keeping an eye on them throughout, like, draft season and, and spring training and stuff. And, and Kelly, yeah, he came in. Merrill Kelly came in with his velo up, um, uh, you know, across the board. And uh, he's uh, – you know, pretty much shut down the Astros today over five innings. Like the the whiffs weren't there, but he really was not allowing much hard contact at all. Um, six strikeouts, five innings. He had, I think, he went like four and a third against the Padres with like uh, seven strikeouts, something like that. Um, in, in his first start, so yeah, I mean, uh, Merrill Kelly is one of these guys. There's there's really a a lot of pitchers who have come out and and look pretty good so far and. Uh, yeah, I'm really encouraged with what I'm seeing with uh, Merrill Kelly. He's only rostered in like 20% of, of Yahoo leagues, so I would be picking him up like in every 12 teamer right now, just to you know to see if he can keep this going. But I definitely like what I see from uh, from Merrill Kelly. Yeah, and you mentioned the Astros. The Astros don't strike out a lot, so it's actually impressive that although he didn't, you know, like you mentioned, the whips weren't really there. It doesn't really. I mean, this is one of those teams where you don't really judge it again. You don't hold it against them for not striking a lot of players out or or creating a lot of whiffs. You know, right. a player that does have I do have concerns about, and he got the loss today. After although he's been very very successful so far this season, Ryan Presley's velocity is down a big like a big good amount. We're talking two and a half uh, miles per hour on the fastball, forcing fastball, one and a half miles per hour on the curveball, and two and a half miles per hour on the slider. And this isn't the first game where it's been down. It's been down to start the year. Maybe he's still ramping up again. Another guy that might take some time to ramp up didn't get a full spring training, but they just signed him to a $30 million extension. So I'm not too concerned about the health because he would have had to pass yeah. a physical and all that. So, and again, he's and Ryan Presley has been. Uh, successful and efficient and effective with his uh, prior outings. So this could have been just one of those cases where he lost the game because it was like one of those he entered a non-safe situation, didn't quite have well, it in him. Yeah, no, I mean, today was one of those annoying situations where it's the 10th inning. It was a safe situation, but he comes in in the 10th inning. And, and now with the the runner on uh, starting on second, yeah, I mean, it, I always worry when your closer comes in in extra innings and with the runner on second because like we saw today, um uh, against uh arizona they lay a bunt down sack bunt and now you got a runner on third and it's a strikeout situation right off the bat um you're putting pressure on the closer i mean i mean i guess that's why they're closers um for those kind of situations but yeah it, those are always annoying when you see your closer blow the save in the 10th inning because yeah i mean the the runner started on second already all it takes is a sack bunt and then a sack fly or something and and they you know then they they blow the lead so um, those uh, are always annoying I see, when that happens. I for, yeah, I looked at it and I swore I only saw one earned run, and I didn't realize that he gave up two runs. So that's right. what happened. Is he? So yeah, I didn't. So I didn't realize it was. That's where I messed up. The, I'm I'm an idiot. I love fantasy baseball. I don't even follow safe situations for a guy <laughs> I have on most of my teams. I thought I thought he came in in an unsafe situation. I forgot about the runner on second deal, and I also forgot it was one of those games where I um I took an afternoon nap because I am sick, so I wasn't watching it all the way through. I watched like the first five innings or. Four innings of that game. So whatever, I apologize. I could be wrong. Thank you for correcting me 
really <laughs> fishing guru of ours, Mr. Montanet. But uh, you mentioned it. Kelly's velocity is up. He's uh, he's utilizing a five pitch mix too, which I really like to see in a pitcher, someone who's able to throw that many pitches. And when I say five pitch mix, he's throwing all of them at least thirteen percent of the time, at least today. So if you're I look as I look at a pitch as a part of a mix at around that ten percent range. So if because at least that's enough to keep a pitcher honest and thinking about it. He's you he utilized five pitches at least thirteen percent of the time. So I like to see that. I like a pitcher that has that type of repertoire. Uh, next guy on this list. Uh, oh man, there's so many. Let's just talk about Rodon real quick. It was the fact that his velocity was up that really blew my mind. I talked about it in the last podcast, so I don't need to give too many, too many thoughts about it. But what are your thoughts on Rodon? You're the Giants fan. Uh, obviously, you have to be encouraged, but throwing harder wasn't expected. And would that add your concern about potentially re- potential re-injury? Not necessarily, just because we saw his we saw his velo up uh, in the beginning of last season as well. Um, you know, I remember when he was throwing that no hitter, uh, he was like hitting 98, even like, you know, in the ninth inning and stuff. So um, the the concern with Rodon is if he can keep it up, right? I mean, we kind of expected at this point, you almost kind of re- expect when someone signs with the Giants and we see it with Al- uh, Alex Cobb as well. They, they kind of know, just know what to do um, with their pitching staff to, you know, get the most out of their pitchers. So, I, I mean, it was definitely... Like, it was awesome to watch Carlos Ordon just, I mean, 24 whiffs. Um, it was just ridiculous. And, yeah, he, he was up at 98. So um, it doesn't really change. Like, obviously, it's awesome to see him go out and, and perform like that. But, again, I mean, the question is going to be how how long he can keep it up. But at, at this point, if he keeps, you know, this up, it's going to be worth his, his draft cost anyways, whatever he does give you. Absolutely. I have serious FOMO. I have none. Absolutely none. <laughs> and it's so no, I, I'm with you. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Okay. The Brewers just took a lead. So maybe we'll see Hader come in for the save in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, Alex Cobb, another just another freaking Giants pitcher with the added velocity, added effectiveness. Overall, I'm a fan, obviously. Um, not sure there's much to add to that. I think we all saw it coming into the season and it just carried over. Mm hmm. Gotcha. I'm glad we okay, there was nothing really to say there. Uh, Chris Archer caught my attention, not because he was anything special, but because he wasn't terrible. Um, I, I wish I, I I closed the page out. I had his lineup. I was surprised though because he caught my attention because I'm like I was doing those. Uh, like I said, I was doing those daily reports, and this is why I do them because when yeah, you think Chris Archer, Dodgers. you don't think much of it, but you know, you I think he. I'm I'm, I'm I was trying to I was trying to prolong it, so he went four innings. Three strikeouts, only two hits. So the strikeouts obviously aren't there, but he's he's back to utilizing his two pitch mix, the uh, fastball slider combo. It was like ninety percent of what he threw. So he's like ten percent. I think it was ten percent of the third pitch. I forgot which one it was. It doesn't matter. Um, Archer can be serviceable in two start weeks. Is kind of the point here. Not really much else. Maybe the occasional streamer, but velocity was up if I remember correctly as well. So yeah, there it's uh, it's interesting. That's like it's the best way to put it. It's just it's it's interesting. It um, I mean it is. Um, we're gonna talk about a lot of like waiver wire type of guys. Um, we've already touched on like a couple like Alex Cobb and stuff, but uh, at least like in shallower formats. But I think with Archer right now, he's probably gonna be like among the last of the list. Um, just because like I want to see it. I want to keep seeing it. Right. I mean it's encouraging. I mean four innings against the Dodgers, but. Um, I'm going to want to keep seeing it like a few more outings. And then uh, the twins are going with the six man rotation. So maybe like a, like a deeper, like 15 teamer uh, is where like I, I might be keeping an eye on, on Chris Archer and see uh, 
you know how he's doing there but like in your shallower like 12 10 teamers um yeah he's he's kind of he's kind of way in the back there uh, among the last of, of this list yeah so there's a lot uh, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to fly through some of these uh real quick i guess i i can run through some of these notes and if you have anything to add or or suggest to him we can just uh do it but he need looked very very interesting another guy that's like you want to root for because he's like he's a guy you've always been pulling at least i've always been pulling for and now he's at the dodgers looked impressive should have gotten through five but an error from trey turner kind of ruined that but he looked good uh lorenzen and his changeup caught my attention five pitch mix the velocity was a little down but lorenzen going from the bullpen as a starter to a starter he might need to, to bring down the velocity in order to get through those innings but ultimately looked good but it was against the marlins just something to monitor blackburn velocity up Codify, I believe, is where he was at this uh, offseason, something like that. So uh, uh, that's one of those things that you have to pay attention to, that he might have revamped his stuff, and he's obviously added velocity. Also, uh, Deep Arsenal. He's a guy, he's one of the ones I'm more interested in. Um, Jesus Lazardo, obviously, the, all the velocity gains that he took, brought him into the season. Uh, really, really heavy usage on the curveball. Looked really solid yeah, there. Yeah, 50% usage on the curveball. I mean, that's exactly what you want to see. And kind of a like, uh, similar... With uh, Heaney, Heaney went to the slider a lot more um, than usual. So uh, a lot of these guys, what you're seeing, yeah, you're, uh, you know, a change in pitch mix and um, increased velocity. I mean, it's all very encouraging stuff. Same thing. And Nick Martinez, another big, uh, another good outing, you know, five innings, got the win, 10.8K per nine. Uh, It's just one of those things that, like, these are guys that if if you pick them up to uh, stash them, you hold and see where it goes. Because, like, with, for instance, with Martinez, 36% 36% O swing, 14.5% swing strike rate. Those are about league average is like 11.6% strike rate right now and only 30.9% O swing. So he's already he's 5.1% above average on his O swing through one start and the three about 3% on his swing strike rate. So the swing and miss stuff was there. It helps back up the notion of him being at least that guy through one start. So Nick Martinez, very impressive outing as well. What I'm getting at is that these guys are all like if you pick them up hold them and see where that goes um obviously i think a big uh, i think my eyes are gonna be on kyle right next i think what he pitches tomorrow the next day he yeah. was another guy that almost felt like you know what type of deal kim like didn't really expect to see much he was very very heavy on the utilization of the curve and the uh on the curve and the sinker i think that took up 84 looks like 84 percent of his pitch mix the other night but his velocity was three miles per hour faster on the curve and 1.2 miles per hour faster on the sinker. So not only the yes, he heavily relied on two pitches, which kind of concerns me because obviously you want three from a starter, but two can get you through five innings strong. And then the velocity increase and the overall effectiveness that was there. I really like Kyle Wright. He's a guy I picked up and I'm streaming him this week. So we'll I'll, I'll see what happens. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, I, I picked him up in a few spots too. And, and uh, just going back to last the the postseason last year he's looked good and then um in uh spring training put together a strong spring training comes out and he's he's been one of those pitchers there in atlanta for like the last couple years now who's been kind of in the mix right for uh waiting on some of those guys to kind of take hold of, of a rotation spot and um yeah i really like what i'm seeing from kyle Wright so uh, so far like just dating back to you know the postseason last year and then spring training and now his first start so um yeah, I would be I would be picking right up uh, across like pretty much all twelve teamers. Yeah, well, speaking of if somehow this person's available, even in tens at this point, Matt Brash looked great yesterday. Four oh, pitch yeah. mix, threw three of them at least twenty six percent of the time. 
the four seamer he threw 35 percent of the time, but unfortunately zero whiffs. And even with zero whiffs on that pitch, which he threw the most uh, in the four seamer, Matt Brash, he still managed a 26 percent whiff rate. So although it's not a great whiff rate, it was still solid considering the pitch he threw the most at zero. And we're talking about they he faced on his major league debut, he faced the White Sox. So that's not even like it was a good matchup. It was a bad matchup for him, and he still produced. So I'm very encouraged from what we saw there. There's a lot of swing and miss potential, and overall, I I'm glad I started him. I, I mean, I, obviously he could blow up on the next start and make me feel foolish about it, but I went with the two start Matt Brash this week in the one place I have him, and um, that's my OC. So three hundred fifty dollar yeah. league, I believe. So yeah, it was one of those things where it's like. Cool. It worked out. Let's hope that he doesn't crush me at the end of the week. But overall, <laughs> do, you have, do you have any feel, different feelings about him? Or no, no, absolutely love Matt Brash. Um, I have him. I have. I have him in nine leagues. Um, I started Jeez. him. <laughs> <laughs> you were so you yeah, were in early. Are, yeah, a lot of these are DCs. Um, but yeah, Still. I was. I was getting them um, quite often early. I started him in four of those leagues. I, and then I benched him in five of them just because of like you know the matchups kind of scared me off with the White Sox and the Astros, but kind of regretting not starting them in those those uh, those five leagues. But I mean, you got to feel just absolutely wonderful going forward um, with Matt Brash. How about uh, let's see? There's uh, oh, so we haven't touched on Paul Blackburn yet. Yeah, Blackburn. I, I, I kind of breezed. I kind of breezed through him. He's another guy. He's a guy that. Um, anyone listening to me in my leagues, he's a top waiver wire priority unless he gets absolutely obliterated this weekend. But he, as of right now, I'm entering this weekend for Fab, and he's one of my top priorities. Yeah. Now, of, of this list, like so, like Alex Cobb and Jesus Lazardo, they're probably already rostered. But yes. like Heaney, Lorenzen, Blackburn, Martinez, um, Archer, Wright, and Brash. Um, do you want to try to like rank these guys as far as pickups? So, Brash, Wright are kind of the top two on that list for me. At least, again, yeah. as of right now, Wright, I, I have to see if Wright does do well. Martinez is up there. I think Martinez belongs in that discussion because of how good he looked. So those three. And then Blackburn is like in that Lorenzen and Heaney area. I think Heaney's in that cut. I think Heaney's in, and I think all three of these guys, Lorenzen, I have the least amount of confidence in, plus Lorenzen's in a six-man rotation. So that already mm-hmm. kind of puts him at the bottom just by sheer, I don't want to deal with that headache because it's gonna be hard to get two start weeks out of them, et cetera, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But Heaney, but Heaney and Blackburn, I think I, I see. I like Heaney, so I want to believe. But Blackburn, just when you, uh, it's I'm torn between those two. I think they belong third, or fourth, fifth out of those names you gave because there's a level of upside with Blackburn. I feel like Heaney might not have because Blackburn has the the arsenal to be a difference maker, but Heaney's on the Dodgers, so there's win potential right. and. I don't know. I think a part. I think, I think I can get Blackburn for less too. I think he need being on the Dodgers, having that you know past appeal by from people. I think it's going to be a lot more of a. I think he's going to be a lot more expensive of a favor a, fa- a fab or wave wire guy. Blackburn's going to be a lot cheaper and a lot more obtainable. So that's the cheat. That's the easy. That's my. That's my way of like dancing around the answer. But <laughs> realistically, um, I, if I had to, if I had to pick, I think I'm still leaning Heaney because, but I think that's bias. Blackburn really did impress me though. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think sure. you put it well and I, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I think Brash and Wright are the clear, like top options for me. Um, probably leaning. Oh man, that it's, it's tough, but those, those are the two top guys. Um, and then yeah, Nick Martinez, really interesting. 
Yeah, those last three, Blackburn, Lorenzen, and Heaney, like you mentioned with the Angels, um, the six-man rotation, Heaney on the Dodgers. Blackburn back, Blackburn has, like, for me, with these changes, higher velo, going to the secondaries a little more. He, he's kind of always gotten, you know, a lot of ground balls. Um, he kind of, for me, has, like, the best potential to kind of ha- uh, put it all together. Um, you know he's going to get run there with, with Oakland. So... And he's probably the cheap, uh, like you'll be able to get him like the cheapest, like you mentioned. So yeah, I kind of want to go Blackburn, Heaney, Lorenzen, um, yeah, but they're all interesting. Saying, like, yeah. I'm so torn between, but it's really Blackburn and Heaney because I think Lorenzen's good. I think he's interesting, but that six man rotation all, all automatically puts him below everyone for me. Is what it is. That's all it is. But I think Heaney, I think Blackburn is just it's one of those things that you want to root for the underdog. I feel like Blackburn is like the nobody. Nobody was talking about him at all this spring. It feels like. And now suddenly he's making it onto every podcast. Um, I, I don't know about every podcast. I know I haven't really. I've been listening to him. I haven't heard much Blackburn talk. But um, let me see. I'm trying. I've been. That's why I was trying to find my notes on him. I can't seem to find my notes on him because I wrote. I wrote a whole bunch of stuff on him because that's what I do. So I'm trying to find my notes on him because I want to give a better uh, a better idea of how I feel about him. But whatever. I guess I'm not going to give my notes on him tonight. Anyway. Uh, we can move on. Was just one. Of, I think I gave a pretty good overview of what I thought about him, though. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, hitters. Obviously, I'm not talking about Stephen Kwan. The dude is stupid good. At least played play played approach wise. Uh, real quick, what are your expectations otherwise, though? Obviously, Kwan showed the OBP. Um, he shows the on base skills and the plate discipline. Do you expect much in terms of the power and speed categories? I don't. Um, like. He had like 12 homers last year. Uh, I think he stole like six bases. I mean, his hit tool is absolutely elite. I mean, he walked more than he struck out. Um, I think he still he just struck out for the first time today, and I think it might have yeah. been like a called strike. Um, it, it was actually a really good. It was a perfectly placed uh, pitch down at the zone. Like it was a it was a great Lodolo. His for it was I tweeted about it actually. It was Lodolo like his first one ever, good pitch. <laughs> it was just no Lodolo, Lodolo was getting a little wild, but the first inning he looked pretty strong. And Lodolo, uh, he it was a perfect pitch. Just it just hit the bottom of the zone perfectly. And it was Lodolo's first career, it was Lodolo's first career strikeout, and it was Quan's yeah. first career strikeout. So <laughs> it was kind of like a perfect scenario of like, hey, look, I just so I tweeted it and yeah, I thought that's it was fun. amazing. Yeah, it was just um, having to work out that way. <laughs> yeah, no, obviously, I mean, uh Quan absolutely buying the hit tool. Um, he's obviously not gonna hit six sixty seven or five twenty six, whatever he's hitting right now. Um, but he's a pretty safe he bet. I, I think he's a. I think he's a great <laughs> okay. uh, bet to hit over three hundred. Um, he's not gonna be like a zero in, in um, power and speed, but he's not gonna contribute too much there. I I'm having trouble like finding like a good comp, but I think maybe like. 10 homers, five steals, and 300 average, and probably a decent amount of counting stats now that he's hitting second in, in that lineup. So he's like Michael Brantley? Yeah. Yeah, like Michael Brantley. But, that's, that's, but probably, not, but, the, that's probably but the not, best one. I would say not the Michael Brantley we used to see with like the double digits of both. See, me and Ryan Venancio go back and forth on Twitter, in text messages, in the, in the Discord. We go back and forth often about about the uh, not often but at least we did about quan i didn't want to spend this much time about him but it was just one of those things that <laughs> some people have a lot more expectations i'm like i just my thing is, is he's like five nine one seventy you can't exactly project growth into that frame and that that's not going to really play up to like power at the major league level a whole lot right. so i do think the hit tool is great but we're going to see him probably pull a little probably pull a bit 
and barrel the ball better for that power to show up. He did attempt to steal, but he got caught. I don't know if he's attempted another one since. Uh, that's the only thing I've noticed. I haven't looked at his stat line in a couple of days, but I do know he did get caught stealing because yeah, uh, him and, and that was Jose a, Ramirez and uh, and Ahmed Rosario. They all got caught stealing um, on uh, Tyler, Tyler Stevenson. Stevenson. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, man. This dude is this dude is something though with the, with the with the base the on base skills. So it's almost like Wander Franco, but with less flashy tools. Like it's the same idea because Franco's having a great season as well. He's on this list. I just wanted to bring up like I as someone who doubted Franco, not the hit tool though, which but the, he's actually had quite a few batted balls over like 105 miles per hour. I think he's had like a handful of them already, like two or, or maybe 103. It was a weird number I, I saw the other day. I'm like I'm noticing because I look at his swamp page. I was looking at his uh. You know, I look at the Rays, the daily outlook on the Savant page, game feed, whatever, and yeah. he's always up there with like 102, 103. I'm like, okay, so there is the powers there if he can just put it in the air, I guess. But he's batting <laughs> 550 and the same elite plate discipline for Wander Franco, and he stole a base, and he's one for one. That's actually the most encouraging thing. He stole a base, was successful, turned around and – uh and maybe he'll steal more than because that was my big thing was the steals but anyway so that's why it's like i think franco i think Quan is like in that conversation with franco but it's like a poor man franco in the in the tools aspect but has the uh in the power speed tools not in the obviously the hit tools actually comparable which is crazy stephen Quan's hit tools comparable to wanders like that's that's impressive you know to be in that same conversation uh say suzuki Another guy's just like, dude, like today, I, I think his max exit velocity already this year is like 110 miles per hour. Almost, I think just shy of 111, actually. Uh, the he's His barrel skills have been great. He, he's been selective as it is. And to be selective like that and then hit that well when he does choose to swing, because his walk rate was like over 27% early on. Obviously, it's not going to sustain. So just one of those things I wanted to bring up real quick. The Suzuki's just looks so good. And it's been such a smooth transition to start the year. It's really a promising thing to see. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm, I'm excited about what I'm seeing from Suzuki. He's got to move yeah. up in that in that lineup. I think he's been hitting like fifth. But uh, I, I don't. Yeah, I'm just trying to think where I, I was looking at that. I was like, he's got to be probably second, third before long. Magical doesn't shouldn't be holding him back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who's it like uh, leading off? Like Magical and Ortega against uh-huh. righties. It's Ortega against lefties. I've seen Frazier, um, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I think Suzuki should work his way up and. Sooner than later, but I think he's fit. He, I think he fits best two three at uh, two three area. So it's exciting though, because you and I were in on him. We have him in the Battle of the Pods league, so we yeah. reached on him too. We I think we jumped him like fifty or sixty picks that in that league back when it before it was like the thing to do. Yeah, that's not right. That, we not, did not, not that we deserve credit for being ahead of the curve, but we just took it was actually a big gamble because we needed power and speed late. Yeah, <laughs> and he happened to be so there. Was two guys that we wanted that got sniped from us back to back. It was uh, this was like Benintendi. around pick one sixty. We we got sniped on Lourdes Guriel and Andrew Benintendi. They went back to back, and then we're like, all right, screw it, let's just go ahead and reach on Suzuki. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what happened, and it's, it worked out though because obviously, I mean, not that it's just too early to say it worked out, but he's looking great. It looks and he's looking professional like mlb righty which is nice which you know some of these guys come over there from there and don't have the same success early on uh connor joe though connor joe it's when he when the signing of gritchick or the trading of gritchick hat for gritchick happened i was all about oh connor joe's gonna be the main guy he's gonna be able to play first base to give give uh to give what's his face crone a day off he's gonna be able to play right field to give blackburn blackburn look at me blackman the day off <laughs> and, and he's gonna be able to dh he's gonna be able to fit that role so well and then everyone got my ear and then 
spring training lineups too, which this might be one of those things where they fooled us. But in the towards the end of the towards the end of spring training, they started getting Hilliard in there against righties, Joe against lefty. I was like, oh no, was I wrong to be this in on Joe? So I didn't attack. I didn't take. I didn't take advantage of the of the discount. And Connor Joe's been the guy since day one. He's stealing bases. He's hitting home runs. He's leading off against lefties. He bats like top five regardless. Connor Joe. I just wanted to praise him for being amazing. Yeah, it has uh, just as many uh, walks as strikeouts right now. I mean, we knew the plate discipline was good. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I kind of, um, you know, I was taking him early in, in draft champions, like really late, like past, sometimes packs pick 400. Um, but I kind of backed off a bit once just things just, I mean, because you figure it's the Rockies and the Rockies are going to Rockies. So I was just like backing off a bit. But um, yeah, kind of. Definitely love uh, like what I'm seeing. He's already scored seven runs, like you said, two homers, one steal. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's legit. Yeah, I'm upset. I, I would I would buy. I mean, I think you, it's funny though because I bet you in a typical trade league you could probably go out and get him, and it wouldn't take as much as it might because I think people might be looking to sell high. I'd be looking to see what it would cost to acquire Connor Joe's services on my fantasy team. We don't play I don't play in trade leagues. Anymore. I played one Yahoo Friends and Family, which was awesome mm-hmm. to be invited to. I last time checked them I was in fourth place. <laughs> That's what you get, Pianowski, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> uh Scott's been such a good dude to me, man. Uh over the last couple of years. He's been super supportive. So I was thinking when he offered when he offered to let me be in there. Yeah. Right now Jen says in first. Of course he is. Striker baby. Striker's in first, but I'm in fourth right now. So um that's a league that it's the only league I play that has trades, so I'll, maybe I'll make a trade as needed. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I don't do a lot of trade leagues, so I, I and honestly, we've kind of transitioned as players from that. So a lot of our content isn't covering that stuff like it used to. We'll, we try to throw it in there because we, we understand it's a thing, but at the same time, it's just it's not what we do anymore. Um, we just yeah. want to put that out there. I mean, not that we're against it. We just <laughs> I, I can't do. I don't have time for trades. That's the problem. I don't have time to put in the required research and dedication that it takes to do trades in trade leagues that's why i don't do them yeah no i'm with you it's funny it's just like the more we take on it's the like you know i've been really big on these like drafting holds uh so i'm like oh i don't have to do waivers every week i just gotta set my lineups like heck yeah <laughs> um but yeah no i mean if it, we i'm happy to give trade advice pickup advice whatever uh we, we get course. you know we get a lot of questions in the discord too you know we'll get offer our uh, our advice and stuff uh, yeah, I'm all about I'm all about helping out with it, but we just we we don't bring it up naturally that often. As yeah. well, as well. And like this year, we're not gonna do any buy low sell high episodes probably either because if we're talking about buying or selling a player, it's like buying or selling like what they're doing, not necessarily in your tra- in your league. So that's why one of those warnings. Like we're all about answering your questions. It's just one of those things that we're not gonna go out of our way to create content around. There's a lot of that content already out there, so we just we're trying to stick to either a. Uh, obviously get the I have the lineup stuff I'll be talking about in general and then be like just talk about performance because I think this I think knowing what you should buy in terms of player performance will help you make all those decisions on, on your own anyway uh, but anyway back to the show Brandon Belt picking up where he left off what do you think about Brandon Belt oh I love Brandon Belt man I mean he's been <laughs> one of the best hitters basically since 2020 um, when he's in the lineup uh, yeah p- uh, picking up where he left off two home runs he did sit today um, against a lefty, uh, Sean Manaya. I, I think it might have been a little bit more about just giving him an uh, extra day off because uh, you saw a lot of regulars sitting today um, 
for the Giants uh, against the Shaman, I think it's just with 13 games coming up, uh, 13 straight games coming up on the schedule for the Giants. Um, I think Gabe Kapler just kind of opted to uh, give him the day off. You won't see him sit against every lefty, uh, but maybe tougher lefties or like in this situation where they have a they have a long stretch of games coming up. I think you'll you'll see him get a day off, especially just to kind of um, for maintenance too, because we see you know Brandon Belt have trouble um, staying on the field, but yeah, definitely uh, love what I've been seeing from Brandon Bell. Just hope he stays healthy, man. I think you know, think he can, think he can hit thirty homers for sure if he stays healthy. <laughs> Trust me, I can use it because there's a lot of uh, a lot of leagues I have him in where I lack power, and I would love for him to be a difference maker in power. I would absolutely love it. Uh, Alex Bregman, can we say I mean, it's way too early to say he's back fully? But you got to be encouraged by what we're seeing early on, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Bregman was was uh, one of the third basemen I was buying into because uh, you know during draft season it's like, man, where are you going to get your third baseman? Because uh, it was pretty ugly. And uh, yeah, I was getting buying the discount on on Bregman like around pick ninety, a hundred. We were seeing him go in draft season uh, just because like for, for me it felt like well if I'm going to take a chance on a third baseman, he's kind of has one of the safest profiles. Uh, just because he doesn't strike out, he walks a ton, he's in one of the best lineups. And so, you know, you kind of just hope that he stays healthy because he's battled, you know, the, the soft tissue stuff um, over the last couple seasons. But we were getting, you know, good, encouraging reports over the winter, like from his like social media and stuff uh, about the way he was feeling, um, you know, feeling good, no issues and stuff. So, um, yeah, I definitely hope he's another one that can stay healthy because I think, um, I, you know, kind of projected him just because of the amount of balls that he puts in play and, and the way he's been able to uh, use that stadium to his advantage there at home with, uh, in, with the Astros. Um, I thought we could see, you know, another him return to like a two ninety with like 20 Homer kind of guy. So uh, yeah, definitely encouraged for with what I'm seeing from uh, Bregman. I think if he stays healthy, I think he, you could say that he's back. I think the only concern I have is that like early on anyway, his max exit velocity is only 103.8, which he's never been a huge max exit velocity guy, mm-hmm. but like it, the lowest in the last four years prior or even five years has been 105.6. So maybe the power isn't quite all the way back yet. Not that it can't get there or won't get there. He has a couple home runs. So obviously, it doesn't necessarily mean he needs that. You know, he doesn't necessarily need the power for the uh, need the max exit velocity for the power play up, especially in that ballpark. But um, oh, haters in for the save right now. Of course, yeah. um, of course. What, Jorge Lopez blew up. <laughs> That's what happened there. Lopez <laughs> yeah. just blew up. So uh, I'm not sure how you feel about Lopez as a relief pitcher, but I guess he's the kind of closer. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that situation, like, it's murky, just... at best. murky at best. Yeah. Huh? You don't, you don't want Jorge Lopez if you don't need to, if you're absolutely like, if you're not desperate for saves, like in a 15 teamer, deep 15 teamers is where he should be rostered. I mean, that's about it. <laughs> um, yeah. Same with like the Pirates. I mean, we kind of like that's another situation too. Just touching on that a bit, like these save situations on these really bad teams. Like Lou Trevino's another one. Um, like he he got his first save today, but it's like man, the, the saves aren't gonna come all too often for these guys. Like with the Pirates, we don't know. We we, we think in like maybe Bednar and uh, David Bednar and Chris Stratton can maybe share save chances, but it's like uh, you're gonna share what twenty save chances. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I mean. I don't know why Baltimore traded Solcer and and uh, what was the other guy? 
I'm losing his name right now, but yeah, this is a situation I don't want any part of, part of at all. Yeah, Solster's like velocity's been down. He hasn't really been doing much for Miami anyway. So and yeah, there's another one that doesn't really matter. They both suck. Uh, I'm just a bitter Miami's fan, so everybody sucks right now. Yeah, dude. Hey, Tim see, Anderson and uh, Luis Robert just went back to back. Dude, Lou Bob has looked amazing to start the year. Stealing bases, <laughs> hitting dingers. Give me all the. I'm so happy I got Lou Bob in a few leagues. You know. Oh yeah. He was he was a target of mine in the back end of the first because he was that guy that if everything clicked leading like you know after last year coming back wow yep. a tough call th- third strike there for Brayu anyway a slider away right like that it was a really 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 uh, interesting call definitely out of the zone but good pitch um, anyway back to uh, so Bregman he has one of those guys where I never got I got no Bregman because I was getting Arenado who I feel like Arenado is making me look really good right now because he's talking mm-hmm. about hot, hot starts. Arenado's there. Um, I don't know the batting. Average, I don't think the batting average sustains, but we know the power is legit. So there's really no questioning that part. Um, we talked about. I, I realize there's like four Guardians players on here. Oscar Mercado, um, Ahmed Rosario. Is it just a matter of hot? The team's running hot right now, type of thing. Just Mercado with the three home runs. I think he has three home runs already. With like we're seeing the power play up, which he doesn't really have any. So it's really weird um yeah i don't know how i feel about mercado are you is he, are you back in on him like in terms of just like picking him up and seeing what happens we know the stolen bases could be there he's only batting 200 but with three home runs so i think it's pretty much almost like he's selling out for it let's see what is he pulling he has a 60 percent pull rate he's definitely selling out for power yeah. <laughs> um yeah, yeah no i think line, it... oh my goodness a 46.7 percent fly ball rate only 6.7 percent line drives yes mercado is selling out yeah. for power um that's yeah that's gonna... all that's just a flash there, you know. Um, Would you ride it out, though, like in a 15-teamer, five outfielders? Like, you just go pick them up and see what happens? Sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, you kind of – I would, you know, maybe ride the – put them hot in there hand. for a week. I don't know. Yeah, ride the hot hand. I don't know what kind of matchups they have uh, coming up. But, like, <laughs> they – like, okay, look at the teams that they've – I mean, the whole uh, Guardians lineup has been running hot. But, you know, they've played the Royals yes. and the Reds uh, in yes. Cincinnati. <laughs> So you kind of take that with a grain of salt. But, oh, yeah, it seems they, like the whole Royal – I mean, the whole uh, Guardians lineup has just been, yeah, really, they're, really on They're about on to fire. enter – starting Friday, the Guardians enter a home stretch of at least six games. Um, seven oh, that's games. right. They played, that's right, because the Giants go to Cleveland. The Giants and then the so, White Sox. So yeah. they're going to get some tough pitching with the Giants. The White Sox might be not as tough as – they were, you know, with Giolito and all that. So we'll see how that one yeah, goes. Yeah, no Giolito, no Lynn. Yeah, yeah. So the the, the White Sox don't become aren't such a problem, but the Giants should be. Put, let's see who they have projected starting for them. Projected starting. Oh, they're aces. Rodon, Ro- Rodon, Descafani, and Wood. Mm-hmm. Perfect. We'll see. We'll see how they hit against real pitching. Because I agree. I think part of the hot streak is who they're facing. Owen Miller for deep leagues is worth mentioning just because he's playing. He looks like Owen Miller took over the starting spot from uh, Bobby Bradley, which didn't take long. And in spring training, Miller was far out producing Bradley. So it looks like Miller is going to get some run there. Deep league type. I wouldn't add him in anything shallow. Like 12 teams, if maybe as a corner infield type of thing, if you need some help there, I could see it. But I'm not overly like interested i mean i haven't dug into him either though to be honest but i do know that he's just kind of a jag you know just a guy um, yeah although like right now you know like he is able to hit decent you know he has the, the max exit velocities up there so you know the power can be there it's like 100 708 miles per hour over the last couple of years he is that's about it though. <laughs> he's not barreling it all that well but he i think what we're seeing is 
realistic. I mean, he's not really hitting. What is he? I'm trying to look at his stat line here. So far this year, he has two home runs. When did that happen? <laughs> I didn't realize he had the two home runs. Uh, Owen yeah, Miller? Really, no, not uh, yeah, Owen Miller. Yeah, I didn't realize he had two home runs already. I think he year. hit two today. Was it, it today? Yeah. Just one today. <laughs> no, no, it, it might have been today because I swear I just looked him up because part of my daily notes is to look at who's doing what. And if Miller... I think yeah, it was two home runs today. today. That's why. See, I didn't look at the mm-hmm. stat line yet for the day. That's why... And then, by the way, this is why I do recaps of every game. Like, And this is why I look at lineups every day. I try to get my eyes on these stats as much as possible. And I actually look up... Every day I look up... The, I look up last seven, because that's all we have. And I, I try to find who stands out in the last seven home runs, uh, on base, stolen bases, who's in the negative. I'll look up the highest K rates, just to see who's struggling and who's running hot. So, uh, yeah, I didn't get a chance to look him up today, obviously. But two home runs today definitely puts him on that. that Like, people are – that's why – someone just asked him if they should drop Enoa for him in the Discord. I'm like, it's not a priority, but I, I'm fine with that. Like, Enoa isn't exactly a guy that I was highly – thought that highly on anyway. I'm okay with that type of move, right? Like, whatever, I guess. Yeah. Should I be higher on Enoa? I, uh, <laughs> I don't know because I wasn't really in on Enoa. Um yeah I, i'm that's why sure. i'm like I don't, I don't know how i feel yeah i'm like yeah whatever i guess like i'm fine with that move like if we're both like whatever i guess we're fine with that move like i'm not a big you know a guy he kind of struggles a lot his first outing too i think you know is one of those guys where you you pick you draft him to see if he could pick up where he left or started off last year kind of be like see if he could be that guy again and be, and if he had if he's not like he becomes one of those guys that you kind of pick up drop pick up drop until he unless he shows he can sustain it jeremy pena has my attention. Uh, he went one for, oh, yeah. one for four today, but he hit a home run. We know some power, some speed there. The strikeouts aren't terrible, 23.8% entering today, uh, batting 300. So you know that the hit tools probably at least relatively decent. Um, I think he's still a deep league guy, though. I have him in a 12, but it's a... Uh, it's you know with a middle infield spot type of thing. Yeah, sure no, I think I think he should there. be picked up in in twelve teamers. Um, didn't strike out today, so that strikeout rate's down to twenty percent right now. Uh, he's absolutely right. scorching the ball. Um, a, another guy who like just everything is being hard hit. Um, and I, I mean, you look at the you know last year he had ten homers in one hundred and thirty three plate appearances. Now that is in AAA. Um, not not sure about you know the Houston AAA affiliate like uh, how their home uh, home run environment how the hitting environment is there but I mean that's definitely encouraging ten home runs and 133 plate appearances then uh, yeah this year like er- everything's just coming off the bat uh, you know heart just scorching so uh, and then in that lineup he's gonna I mean he's everyday shortstop for the H- the Houston Astros um, e- even if he continues to hit you know like seventh. Um, he's, he may hit like second on, uh, on occasion, but yeah, I, I think Pena is definitely 12 team viable. All right. We're going to move into this final area. I mean, I'm at reserves on this list, but again, it goes back to the guardians as a whole, just hitting very well because I think we think it's matchup based a little bit, but Alex Kriloff struggling young players is kind of the last little part here. We're going to talk about a few names, but, uh, Kriloff, I told you I was concerned about the power. I did not. And I, I we, I, this is almost like I told you so I hate <laughs> that. It's I told you so on injury though, because I didn't think he was injured. I didn't think injury was playing a part. I did think that he was having issues getting his power back because of the injury he sustained, the the wrist issue. And we saw it in spring. He wasn't really getting the power going. And then early in the season, he's striking out almost 40% of the time. Alex Kroloff, that is I'm speaking about. And um, he's on the IL now with wrist wrist information. And you don't want to hear that because obviously 
he just had a rough and he had a and he had a rough rehab with the wrist. I tried to tell you to back off. It wasn't even based on the injury, it was just based on the fact that I didn't trust the power to show up. But now it's like a injury, like, oh man, like are you dropping him in shallower formats? Yeah, I, I think he's a drop in um I think he I think uh I definitely like keep an eye on him, like see how it's progressing, but I think it, I think he could be dropped basically like universally at this point. Um I don't know about maybe 15 teamers, but like 10, 12 teamers, uh, Kirilov could be dropped. I would say 15s if we get news that it's like something that's going to hold him out for like a, like three, four weeks. That makes him droppable. Yeah. And like, because, you know, leagues like main events and stuff, uh, that's where I'm talking about. Like he'd be droppable. But these are other guys. I'm just more or less. Uh, I'm not really concerned. As long as Bobby Witt Jr. and Julio Rodriguez are playing every day, I'm willing to look past the early season struggles. Uh, but uh, Dalton Varsho, I, I, I brought him up because although he is struggling, he is still leading off. And what I found encouraging, at least prior to the, today, which he didn't play today because I think it was his first day off of the season, he has a one-to-one walk ratio. I think it's five and five because I'm looking at 26.3% walk rate right now and strikeout rate. So although he is struggling, the BABIP is just 111. He has a, he is batting 0.071. His batting average is under 100, and his OBP is still 316. To give you an idea of... So leading off shouldn't be affected as long as he can sustain, sustain such a high walk rate for Varsho. But you got to think there's better days ahead on the hits, hitting side. So although I'm concerned, at least there's reason for optimism. That's the reason why I put him down here. Although he's struggling, I think I'm, I'm not as pessimistic on him as there a couple other names we're going to end the show with yeah yeah no i'm uh, i'm with you um, any concerns those, about wit though or rod, j-rod or anything no I, I with those three in particular I, i'm not all too concerned about yet um yeah i, I would just just be patient you know they can uh, bobby witt is, uh, in particular i mean he continues to hit second in the lineup i think they'll he'll come around um so yeah i would just continue to be patient if i told you there was a player who didn't play today has 17 play appearances, a 52.9% walk, uh, sorry, strikeout rate through those play appearances so far. Does have a stolen base, but no other stats, hitting 67 on the year. What would you think about them? <laughs> yeah, remember, uh, <laughs> he has a stolen base, though. No other stats, no runs, RBI, or home runs. No, was I mean, top, I was a top 150 pick, I believe, on average, too. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, if the uh, top 150 pick, I mean, Kind of depends because if it's someone who I was off of, it would just be confirmation bias. If it's someone that I liked, I would just be, <laughs> I mean, I would just be like, hey, it's only been one week. I mean, that's just the truth. <laughs> I know, I know. But in all seriousness, this guy, okay, let me add to it. This player comes with added, um, like last year was like hit and miss, started off terrible, got sent down. Oh, sorry, got he got called up. Was I think he was sent back down, came back up, finished strong. I'm telling you, it's Jared Kalnick. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> Kelnick is just a guy I wasn't in on. I wanted, and it's frustrating because he finished off the year good enough to give you reasons for optimism. Hitting the minors really well last year too. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if he needs to go fix something again. I could see him. I, I could see him being sent back down. I don't know if I can drop him in anything shallower than a twelve though. Like in a fifteen, I think he's somebody you keep on the bench because there's not many players you're going to be able to find with more upside once things click. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want to, I think he's worth stashing for now, but in a 12, like it gets tough. Five outfielders, it gets tough. Three outfielders. He's, he's a cut with three outfielders for sure. Yes. I think, I, I think it's easy. Five outfielders. I'm not ready. I, maybe I, maybe I'm not like, Phil, I'm not a robot. I can't turn this off, man. 
I, I feel like I got a hold to see if he could turn it around because it's only 17 plate appearances. And I'm not even a Kellnick guy. If somebody dropped him, I'd probably add him and stash him myself. Yeah, this one for me is going to be uh, on the confirmation bias side because I'm with you. <laughs> I <laughs> I uh, don't have any uh, Jared Kellnick and... Um, but uh, no, but I agree with you 100%. Like a, a 12 team, five outfielders, I think you hold on, uh, especially if it's like Roto. Uh, if it's like head to head, like head to head, three outfielders, uh, he, I think he's a drop in, in 12 teamers uh, in, in that context. Um, but like a like a Roto five outfielder, 12 teamer, like I, I hold on um, at, at least for another couple weeks, uh, see, see if he could start getting something going. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at with Kellenic. Um, yeah, I just, well, then are you feeling the same way about Joe Adele? Another guy that <laughs> I, I actually had serious FOMO on entering the year. Cause in spring he was running. I mean, he, had yeah, three home he was runs. tearing it up. He did have some strikeout issues in spring, but he's vol- like that volatility is fine given the skill set. But then Joe Madden, like on opening day. Oh, by the way, T- Tyler Ward or Taylor Ward. I forget which one it is. Ward's going to be a everyday player when he gets back. Okay, cool. So are you already telling us that Adele's going to be sent down? He was plat- he has been pretty much platooning with Jose Rojas of all players. So right. it's not like and I looked up Jose Rojas It's like his career OPS is like sub 700 and that's how and that's how and Adele is not good in the field. So he's already kind of platooning. I don't see him staying up if he can't get rolling by the time Ward gets back. And like, yeah, he came in, he hit a home run. Did you, he can't, he hit a home run when he filled in for trout the other night. Did you see the pitch he hit the home run off of? It was a 90 mile per hour meatball down the middle. <laughs> no, I did not see that, dude. That's but... why I was so frustrated because I'm like, everyone's getting like, I, I and that was yeah. earlier, earlier that day, I was explaining why I was like a little concerned about him just because he was like 0 for 9 with seven strikeouts and platooning. And then he goes out and gets the last minute start and hits a home run, he goes two for four with a home run and a double. And those were they were loud hits too. They were like 108 mile power hits. Like I was like, okay, cool. I never questioned the the flashiness or the tools. I questioned the fact that he could like just be consistent and even get. It was more of a playing time concern. And then they followed that up. They follow up a two for four day by benching him. So yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I yeah, I, 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 I was getting FOMO too. Like when he was just tearing it up in the spring, but I, he was someone that I was like off of all draft season just because like I, I know he had a really encouraging end to to the season last last year where like the strikeouts were down but just like looking at the underlying numbers um i i thought i thought that strikeout rate could definitely spike back up just because like the swinging strike rate was was up it was 15 percent swinging strike rate he was still chasing 40 percent o swing and like the plate all these plate discipline and cl- contact metrics like looked like dead on with like ryan mountcastle um like it was like Ryan Mountcastle, Javi Baez, um, Abisal Garcia, uh, like a, a lot of guys with like a lot of swing and miss who are like very aggressive. Um, and I thought like, man, I, I think that strikeout rate is going to jump back up for Adele. I'm not sure I'm buying those late season, you know, gains with the strikeout rate. And sure enough, we're seeing it right now. And it definitely doesn't help that he's platooning. So, uh, yeah, he's another one where I think, you know, he's getting definitely like uh, cuttable in, in those shallower like 12 teamers. And yeah, I that was my bad. He didn't sit the next game. I forgot he started against Lazardo because Lazardo was a lefty. He mm-hmm. was pinch hit for in that game. So I think he got two at bats against Lazardo. And I believe, I guess, the reliever that came in was a righty because he was pin- they, they pinch hit him for again, Ro- Jose Rojas. Like, who exactly? I didn't know who he was <laughs> until he, I saw him in the lineup. And I, I'm pretty certain I'm gonna double check it right now because I remember making a note of that because I was like, I was like, dude, you come off a day where you hit two really good hits, a double and a home run with really good, you know, you get some confidence back. And what do they do? 
start you against the lefty just to pull you mid game. Yeah, they pinch hit Josh Rojas or sorry, Jose Rojas for him. Now, Adele did go one over two with the strikeout. And even the day before, he was two for four. I think one of his outs was a strikeout as well. So the strikeout issues have been legit. And that's why with Adele, um, he's kind of in that Kelnick territory where I rather stash if I can. But like three outfield leagues, I'm okay with. Uh, personally, I'm okay yeah. with moving on. But yeah. Um, anyway, I think there's what one more name or is that last name? Because we have like three. Oh, uh, Akil Badu. He hit a home run today, and um, Grossman's out. So I think playing time concerns are not there right now. And maybe by the time Grossman gets, uh, Grossman doesn't seem like he's. There was no nothing on the MRI, so maybe it's not long term. But even with Grossman out, you think Badu can move up? They they decided to lead off Victor Reyes over Badu. I wonder what they're thinking with Badu all of a sudden. Like, where did the like they were all spring training? They were leading them off and stuff. The confidence seems gone. Yeah, another guy that I uh, don't have I any one, of. I got I got one share, and that's because Matt Williams talked me into him. I'm like, all right, all right, Matt, I'm gonna <laughs> t- I'm gonna take a shot because the tools are there. There's power, speed. He was leading off. He was having a strong spring. I got interested in Badu. I took one swing at Badu in, in my last OC. I wanted a little bit of power and speed potential. And um, oh, today, again, he had a home run. I, I started him this week, so um, yay me. But uh, it's one of those things where it's like, I was like, ooh, this is not, and this is still not what I want to see with him. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I I, I'm, I think, um, you know, he might have bought himself a little more time here, but yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, I, I think he could still be like, you know, if he if he's still if he's playing all year, I think he could still be like a 12 and 12 kind of guy. Um, but yeah, hitting ninth in the lineup, it's not going to come with very many counting stats and it's probably not going to come with a very good average. So, yeah, um, unless it's like a 15 team uh, like Roto, I I think he's pretty much uh, might be cuttable in other formats. Um. Yeah, I'm just sorry. I got distracted. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I got completely distracted because I was pulling up the Patreon questions in our Discord. So we're going to transition over to those to finish off the show. There's only a couple of them, uh, I think. <laughs> I, I got to find it. Okay, I found them again. So I think this kind of goes into like what I cover almost every day with the lineup stuff because uh, from Jared on our Discord. Biggest concerns with lack of at-bats and new targets of guys with increased playing time. So basically... Players, we talk about Adele being the big one of our base concerns with uh yeah. appearance issues. Obviously, Adele, Bobby, Badu. I would say, but well, Badu, at least he's playing every day. Um, Bobby Bradley, we mentioned he's kind of out of a job. I'm skimming through the lineups now, see if anything triggers a memory. I do think, um, real quick on targets, new targets to buy. That's so early. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's you basically th- just a lot of the the like waiver wire types that we've we've talked about. Like Connor Joe would be one. Yeah, I think we're. I think we should buy in on Connor Joe for sure because Connor Joe's. We talked about why though. Great, and that's mm-hmm. actually a great one. Uh, T- Tyler Naquin batting second, having a decent start to the year, should play most days. Even if he doesn't play against mo- all lefties, he'll play enough to where it doesn't really matter. Uh, Jorge Mateo, obviously, that's mm-hmm. that's, that's that's confirmation <laughs> bias though. I got I got a uh, it's an it's an athletic guy apparently because um I found out you know me and Ian uh, Ian Con reached out and was like hey man. Because uh, we both have uh, we both had bold predictions around Jorge Mateo, so I found <laughs> out that he and apparently there's a beat writer for the Athletic that was really in on him too. So yeah, we had uh, it was it's, I heard it today on Under the Radar that it's Jorge Mateo is kind of like an, an athletic brand guy. So good for us, I guess. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully good for us. If he's bad, I claim nothing. Uh, <laughs> what else? Uh, Andy Ibanez plays every day. 
like between third base, even played first base. Um, I'm going yeah. literally going through every roster real quick. Um, a guy on the other side that um, w- losing playing time. I mean, Alec Bohm. Uh, you know, Alec Bohm was someone oh, yeah. that a lot of people were high on. You know, potential bounce back. Uh, think you know, he had some good underlying numbers last year, but it's looking like he might not get that chance. I mean, he's kind of on the weak side of platoon there. Somebody who has my attention but isn't really viable in most leagues is G-Man Choi. The dude's crushing the ball to start the year. Plays against righty, strong side platoon. Oh, Dom Smith, another one that's not playing a lot. And he hasn't really deserved it. Like, he played today and looked and didn't do I think he was, like, over three with, like, three strikeouts or something stupid. Like, he's just not earning the playing time. Kevin Smith's a guy who's losing play time to Sheldon Noisy. And Noisy's having a decent start to the year, too. Um, oh, Santiago Espinal's guy I really like. He's somebody who's been... Uh, he took the job from Vigio like three days into the season. This team needs a lefty bat, and they still said, nope, Espinal, you're in, Vigio, you're out. So, yeah, he's a guy that uh, I really have, I've seen early on that I really started liking. I think there's a sneaky power-speed combo there. Uh, I think that's 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 going to do it right there for those names that I can think of. Again, these are all top. You would think, okay, I'm not going to lie to you. Here's a little secret. We don't prep for the questions a lot of times. We just kind of take them and, like, <laughs> let's talk about them because it's almost like a natural conversation. Um Let's see. Oh, sorry. Uh, we have another one that says uh, he, he mentioned pretty much all the guys we talked about. Uh, Witt, Rodriguez, Kalnick, they're all bad right now. Make me feel better about having so many shares. And we did not do that at all. Sorry. <laughs> we did the opposite. Um, no, okay, I would just is- say just be patient, right? I mean, it's been five days, six days. So just... Um, yeah, just, it's hard to be on. patient. Don't, don't be too reactive uh, when we get to the season. I no, I agree with that. No, no doubt. I, I would like to give them. I would like to give them all a month. But just the problem is in today's game, you do that, you're missing out. Like you are. You just you're taking on the bad stats. You're missing out on players on the waiver wire. It's yeah. risky. I mean, yeah, I, feel like, I feel like people are more reactionary now than ever when it comes to yeah, this. Stuff. You're you're gonna get. You're gonna go through stretches of bad stats, whether it's in April or June or August, yeah, or it doesn't matter. It's way I mean, less it's, noticeable in June and August, though. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, yeah, it, it is. But it's just that's the nature of the game, man. I know, I know. Okay, when making fab or free agent pickups, what criteria are you looking for most? And he asks. Uh, this is Robbie. Asked about opportunity, upside, overperforming history, any certain stats. I think you hit like there's a couple. There's more to this, but I want to talk about how you pretty much hit all of it because I think you look at a little bit of everything. For instance, Owen Miller, opportunities there, but there's not much upside. Um, doesn't really have a history of overperforming, but like right now he kind of is overperforming. So there's one of those things where it's like you hit the nail on the head. Like I kind of take all the stuff and factor it into what I'm doing when I look at a player in general. But yes, and then you mentioned any certain stats, kind of all you take. So I do the first part first. I look at every player for what they are, what they can offer. And then I look at the stats I need for the specific team. If I need if I need speed, Mateo was a guy I was targeting for speed. If I need power, I'm going to go get, I don't know, Susugo off the waiver wire or somebody that, or Garrett Cooper, a guy that was like available, still available in some of my uh, shallower formats, like 12s, that like if I need power. Like, so yes, at the end of the day, unless a player truly appears to be breaking out all around, I will usually just look at a group of players, make like kind of make little notes on them and decide which one fits my team best where I need and go that direction. That's how I look. That's how I look at and prioritize pickups. But don't get me wrong. There's guys like Stephen Kwan that even if I need him, he's a guy that I want to go out and get because he can. There's a potential for being difference making there. 
Yeah. So that's yeah, when, that's... that's when the difference making aspect will like you should. I feel like you should weigh that heavier because if there's a guy you think is going to truly make a difference for your team, you should make sure to prioritize them mm-hmm. regardless if you need them right now because you'll find a way. You'll find a way to make it work around them because they're that good. Yeah. Sorry. I know I kind of answered the whole question myself. Um, <laughs> it was just oh, those no, things. Are, uh, I'm, I don't know. You asked me a good question like that. I'm like, oh, I got to talk about this. Um, because yeah, he mentioned he's in a five by five, always struggles with who to cut. And so, so let's talk about cutting players. We talked about how it's difficult to cut something. Um, cut player, cut something, cut players, I should say, from your roster. Yeah. Again, there's play really, really successful players that pretty much cut bait without waiting, and they're good. They're good because they're good at picking up players off the waiver wire. I'm willing to cut bait on a player that doesn't all like if it's. I'm trying to think of a name like. Uh, a, a like, lot of times, it, the first sign is like um, uh, one of the first things to stabilize is like contact and play discipline, right? So like it, that might be one of the first things you look at if a guy's struggling. Like, is he striking out a lot? That's gonna be one, you know, one of the main reasons why you can cut a guy. If he's just getting like unlucky, you're, you're gonna want to hold on a, a little bit more. Like if he's making good contact, but you know it's just a low BABIP. Um, but like you know. Yeah, like he's he, but he's still like you know putting the bat on the ball, and not striking out, maybe taking walks and stuff. So there's so much that goes into it, but like for me, that's one of the biggest things is um like contact and, and play discipline. And I'm trying to think of names. Like usually, guys on the back end of your roster, you can't be too you can't get too you can't hold on to those guys too long. Like you got to like for instance, like Jonathan VR is getting really close to being cuttable. He's not playing every day. I know the speed potential's there. But wisdom is like striking out 50% of the time. So I'm kind of holding on to, and we talked about that a little bit in the Discord. And um, I think wisdom could lose that job. But man, VR's glove is just not that great. But VR is getting interesting because he was a guy that you're drafting, kind of hoping to get those stolen bases. And if he's not going to play, like I'm like, come May, I don't know if I'm going to be able to justify rostering him. So that's a guy that's like, maybe I'm a little too patient when it makes, comes to making these cuts. But I'll make a tough cut like that. Like, those guys that like I look I weigh heavy, I weigh playing time heavily in in my decision making and if there's a guy that's just not playing that doesn't have much talent it's almost like you're dra- like with VR you drafted the the you drafted the stat not the player because if you look at the player it's not that impressive but you look at the stolen bases you're like oh I want those stolen bases it's almost yeah. like drafting you draft saves for saves you don't draft saves for the obviously a lot of times like God, you would never put Daniel Bard on your roster if it was for anything but saves you know. So yeah. it's one of those things that like those types of players become the first ones I look to get rid of because it's like, well, didn't really like them in the first place and they're not playing, like the playing time for them is not there, then maybe that's when I should cut bait. So that's how I look at it uh, when deciding. But like I'll I would cut VR if something popped up on the waiver wire I felt like I needed to get. And um we'll t- I'll probably drop some names about f- bad targets in, in the Discord as well. But uh if there's a name that's like out there, like I don't know, like even like if if I see VR as like someone who's droppable, but someone dropped Kelnick or Adele, and I had room to stash somebody, that's the type of cut I'd make because VR is my right now. VR is a stash for me in a, in a league, but I would cut him for a higher upside stash, or cut him for a like oh I need I need pitching bad, I need two start guy. Sorry VR, but you're not playing for me. It's gonna hurt to see you produce for somebody else, but I can't let you. You can't be dead weight on my roster, especially in those formats where you're limited to bench, you're limited on bench spots. You can't stash injured players. There's a lot that goes into that stuff. Yeah. All right. Um, I think there's one more. No, I think that's it, actually. A few questions. Pretty. I, I, I like that because um, got some good ones in there. So anyway, um, yeah, I 
think that's going to do it. This was a good episode. This is one of our longest episodes we've had in a while, George. Over an hour? Yeah. What? <laughs> that's how you know back. And that's sorry, right. Yeah. No, I was going to say it was it was it was fun, man. Just going through all the early season stuff. It's exciting. And I, I think this is going to be the type of show we do more often because we only record once a week anyway. So might as well make it a little on the long side, but it's going to cover so much in terms of players. We'll talk about fab a little bit here and there it depends on when we can record we do aim for once a week though that much we can do yeah <laughs> we have a lot going on but again we appreciate you checking out everything don't forget to check us out on twitter i'm at mike underscore curlin george is at roto underscore nino we have the discord obviously and all the other stuff on the patreon so patreon.com slash sk playbook um i got the daily article coming out skplaybook.com we have ryan venancio he took a week off because he was actually on tour with his band which is really cool we have a drummer in our that writes for us, but he's a really cool dude. But uh, he's going to mm-hmm. be doing some uh, pitch mix and velo stuff for the site as well, talking about that stuff. George is doing George things, always helping out, talking about relief pictures in the Discord and on the and on the Patreon too. So it's just a lot. We got a lot. Come check us out. See if we. I, I promise you, we could probably help you so at least a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we do appreciate all the support, and uh, I guess that's everything. So we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.